But wait, there's more. Hi, everybody. It's Terry O'Reilly here, and we're happy to announce something we've never offered before. It's our But Wait, There's More subscriber package. If you're a fan of Under the Influence, you'll get more than ever before. You'll get more bonus episodes like the live recording and audience Q&A we did recently at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival, exclusive for subscribers only. You'll get more podcasts with additional stories. You'll get early access so you can listen to all of our new shows before anyone else. You'll get all of our episodes, including archives, ad-free. Tisk tisk. I won't judge. You'll be invited to Ask Me Anything sit-down chats with yours truly. You'll get first dibs on tickets for live events. You'll get big discounts on Under the Influence merchandise. And that's only the beginning, all for a few bucks a month. Just go to our show page on Apple Podcasts and tap Try Free to start your free seven-day trial. Membership has its privileges. Hmm, you should copyright that. 
It was first created in 1874. But its insect-killing properties were not discovered until 1939. It was called dichlorodiphenyltrichloroethane, or DDT for short. It was also called the insect bomb in World War II for its ability to control malaria among troops by killing mosquitoes on contact. After the war, DDT was used as an agricultural insecticide, and its unmatched effectiveness for killing pests soon made its production and use skyrocket. But an American biologist started to notice that DDT had some less desirable effects. Her name was Rachel Carson. She had received her M.A. in zoology in 1932 and was hired by the U.S. Bureau of Fisheries to write radio scripts during the Depression. She supplemented her income writing feature articles on nature for the Baltimore Sun. In the early 1950s, Carson wrote several best-selling books that constituted a biography of the ocean. But the effects of widespread DDT spraying disturbed her. Her research showed that DDT was not a miracle chemical, but was, in fact, causing detrimental effects to the environment. So, in 1962, Rachel Carson published a book titled Silent Spring. It was a powerful and groundbreaking work that declared, in no uncertain terms, that pesticides were harming human and animal life, in particular, birds. The title of her book referred to a spring in the not-too-distant future where there would be no bird songs because of DDT. The book was a runaway bestseller. This is one of the nation's bestsellers, first printed on September 27, 1962. Up to now, 500,000 copies have been sold, and Silent Spring has been called the most controversial book of the year. It woke the public up to the fact that pesticides were deadly to our ecosystem and could cause cancer. President John F. Kennedy ordered an immediate investigation. The chemical industry attacked Carson as a, quote, hysterical woman who was unqualified to write such a book. But the more the chemical industry attacked, the more it only increased public awareness of the issue. Eventually, Carson was proved right. Eight years later, DDT was banned in 1972. Silent Spring has been long considered one of the best nonfiction books of the 20th century. But more than anything, it is widely credited with helping to launch the environmental movement. Carson scholar H. Patricia Hines said, Silent Spring altered the balance of power in the world. No one since would be able to sell pollution as the necessary underside of progress so easily or uncritically. Being environmentally aware has created an increasing challenge for advertisers, particularly in the 21st century, where advertising anything as green is coming under more and more scrutiny. Come with me for a walk through the world of green marketing. I'll show you some companies doing it right and some doing it wrong. I'll take you through ever-changing green standards and green washing. 
And while there's a lot of vagueness and confusion out there, one thing is certain for marketers. It's not easy being green. You're under the influence. The green movement, as we know it, has a very interesting timeline. A loose history would begin with Silent Spring in 1962. Then, eight years later, in 1970, the first Earth Day was celebrated. It was founded by Wisconsin Senator Gaylord Nelson, who recruited Julian Koenig to help him. Koenig was the legendary copywriter from DDB New York who created the famous Volkswagen campaign. He coined the term Earth Day because it sounded like birthday. And he chose his own birthday, April 22nd, as the date. Millions of people gathered to protest environmental abuses on that day, which led to the creation of the landmark environmental laws. Next, President Richard Nixon started the EPA, or Environmental Protection Agency. In 1971, Environment Canada began. Soon after, phosphates in detergents became a problem. In many ways, the phosphate-free issue was one of the first times the public changed their behavior when it came to buying products. Manufacturers changed their products as a result. They're all alive. Right. Hot water, cold water. What's the difference? Yeah, what detergent works in really tough stains? Like greasy oil. The worst. Watch. We're dropping greasy oil into three leading detergent solutions. Nothing will happen. Oil is impossible. Look, this one's breaking up. What detergent is that? Low phosphate all with bleach, borax, and brighteners. These work clothes are so clean. All's what you need to clean the tough stains. All's what I need to clean everything. In 1972, participants from 114 countries gathered in Stockholm, Sweden, for a UN conference on the human environment. Only one person at that conference was an actual environment minister, because, at that time, only one country had created that position. One of the next big signposts was unleaded gas, Remember a time when you pulled up to a gas station and you had to be specific? Unleaded or leaded? Unleaded, please. Gotcha. Can you clean my windshield, too? Nope. Thank you. In 1974, a landmark scientific study was published by Professor Frank Sherwood Rowland, stating the CFCs, or chlorofluorocarbons, were depleting the ozone layer. In 1978, the U.S. banned CFC use in aerosol cans. Canada followed suit not long after. In 1983, the term greenhouse gases entered the lexicon, which was said to lead to another term, global warming. In May of 1985, British scientists reported a disturbing discovery. Time-lapse satellite pictures have confirmed the annual appearance of the massive hole, shown in red and purple at the center. One theory for the appearance of the hole in the ozone layer is that it's a natural phenomenon caused by the Antarctic's climate and the solar cycle. But the most popular theory is that man-made chemicals, chlorofluorocarbons, known as CFCs, are causing the problem. 
The hole in the ozone layer led to many fears, one of which was increased UV damage to skin, which prompted the public to demand better skin protection products. The sunscreen industry answered by manufacturing lotions with various SPF numbers, or sun protection factors, ranging from low single digits up to 20, 30, 40, and even 50-plus SPF. Beginning with the publication of Silent Spring in 1962, you soon realize that various environmental crises have provoked behavioral change, and new behavioral changes created new demands from the public. And all along, it has required very delicate, very careful marketing on behalf of advertisers. One of the biggest problems for marketers is that sustainability is a moving target. And there haven't been any universally accepted baselines or calculators. Are paper products green and good? Or do they flatten forests? Is glass eco-friendly? Or does it take a lot more fuel to transport glass than it does plastic? Is cotton one of the most natural products in the world? Or is cotton one of the world's biggest pesticide crops? It's a very complicated issue. With regular advertising, an advertiser can create their own brand image in whatever fashion the advertiser chooses with virtual freedom. But not so with marketing green products. Because with green marketing, the public wants to know a company's motives immediately. Green marketing ignites scrutiny. The advertising industry has been its own worst enemy in many ways. There has been a century-long cycle of hype and disappointment. In 2007 alone, marketers registered a record 300,000 green trademarks with patent offices. More trademarks than at the height of the dot-com craze. That stat alone should tell you everything. Writer and ad man John Grant, who has shaped a lot of my thinking in this area, tells the following story in his excellent book, The Green Marketing Manifesto. In the UK recently, it was discovered that 33 out of 40 bottled waters failed to meet the exacting standards of London tap water. The public was outraged. It was as if they should have been filtering bottled water, not the tap water. Those seemingly endless revelations are breeding grounds for cynicism. In green marketing, many companies have been accused of greenwashing. To define that term, we've asked our own Steve Gardner to explain. Steve? Terry, the term greenwashing is defined as the deceptive use of green marketing or PR that gives the public a misleading perception that a company's products or policies are environmentally positive. The term was coined by New York environmentalist Jay Westervelt in a 1986 essay. It was a play on whitewashing, and he was questioning the hotel industry's practice of placing placards in each room asking guests to reuse their towels to save the environment. Westervelt stated that in most cases, this was merely a profit grab by the hotels. The money saved by not having to launder the towels was a financial motivation, not an environmental one. The essay generated a huge amount of attention, the term greenwashing stuck, 
and has been in use ever since. Terry? Thanks, Steve. While there have been countless examples of greenwashing over the years, one of the most cited examples comes from one of the world's biggest corporations. In the year 2000, this corporation launched a new advertising campaign. They spent over $200 million rebranding the company, unveiling a new slogan and a brand new logo. Is it possible to drive a car and still have a clean environment? To refine a cleaner gasoline? Can solar power become mainstream? Could business go further and be a force for good? Can 100,000 people in 100 countries come together to build a new brand of progress for the world? We think so. And today, BP, Amico, Arco, and Castro get together to try. Beyond Petroleum, BP. The campaign strategy was to rebrand British Petroleum as a progressive energy company, not just an oil company. BP replaced its logo with a new vibrant green and yellow sunburst, and lowercase BP letters were chosen to suggest the company was friendlier than the previous British Petroleum. But it was the new tagline, Beyond Petroleum, that immediately sparked attacks from all sides. It implied that wind and solar were being heavily invested in, that other alternatives to oil were being seriously sought out, and that BP was the, quote, choice of the environmentally aware motorist. The reality was that BP, like other oil companies, was spending more resources than ever in oil exploration. Now, while it may seem that BP is an easy and obvious target, I bring it up because their campaign contains a very important lesson in green marketing. One of the reasons BP was attacked so hard for that campaign, even prior to its catastrophic oil spill in the ocean, was not because they were worse than any other fuel company. It's because they proclaimed they were better. It was a fatal mistake in their marketing. You cannot be overly virtuous in green advertising. As John Grant notes, virtue cannot be proclaimed. It can only be deduced from your actions. Smart companies stay humble in their green marketing. If a company wants to be seen as green and ethical, it should just do it, not say it. I, as your customer, will figure it out in no time. And together with the press, we will spread the word. There is a small pizzeria in New York called Pizza by Certe. They deliver by foot or by recycled bicycle. Their packaging is 100% recyclable and clever, too. The lids on the boxes are designed to easily detach and separate into four squares, each serving as an individual plate. Very smart. Once the lid is gone to create those four serving plates, the bottom half of the box folds into a smaller, more convenient box to store leftover pizza and fits easily into the refrigerator. The pizzeria uses recycled materials whenever it can. All supplies and food are sourced locally. Rainwater is collected and used wherever possible. And their building is LEED certified meaning the building was designed and built using the best green practices. Now, 
The reason I know all this is because the press told the story. If you were to look up Pizza by Sirte online, you'll find the stories about them are endless. They have created a huge marketing buzz by walking the walk and by staying humble in their green messaging. The press and their customers are doing the rest. I've always believed that antique stores are among the greenest stores on the planet. After all, they're in the recycling business. Here's a hilarious five-second radio ad for Jean Lacasse Antiques in Montreal. Hey, what's new? Nothing. Antique dealer Jean Lacasse. Nothing new, just old stuff. I think that ad says it all. But as the great philosopher Kermit T. Frog says, it's not easy being green. Sometimes half of what a company does is good, but the other half is not good at all. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Some companies get half the green equation right. Take eBay. Hundreds of thousands of products destined for a landfill have found an afterlife through eBay auctions. But there's also a downside to eBay. 
Lots of air and land travel is required to ship those packages around the globe. Sustainability is a very complicated issue. See, it's not just the products, but the way they are manufactured, the way they are sourced, how people along the supply chain are treated, how the product is used, and how the product is discarded after use. It means that green isn't just a department or a box to be checked. It means a company-wide philosophy with tough principles. Companies must believe in sustainable business practices and motivate their entire operation to want green initiatives. While this may seem like an internal issue, it has massive external ramifications. I see this happening already. People are choosing where to shop based on how they feel about the company itself, not just the products that company sells. As John Grant says, it all comes down to this for advertisers. The task is to make green products seem normal, instead of making normal products seem green. It's a profound insight. Green marketing is about making truly green products become a normal part of life. Not trying to take an existing product that barely qualifies as green and suddenly marketing it as earth-friendly. As we've said many times, one of the things advertising is incredibly good at is normalizing new ideas. Take seatbelts. When I was learning to drive, you couldn't find a seatbelt in a car. Advertising took on the task of marketing the benefits of seatbelt use, and together with government legislation, it became normal behavior. Buckle up for safety, buckle up. Same with drinking and driving. The task now is to normalize green products. Every company should have a noble mission or heroic quest when it comes to green marketing. Marks and Spencer in the UK have such a quest. Their initiative is called Plan A. It's a plan that covers 100 commitments over five years that addresses the key social and environment challenges facing Marks and Spencer today and in the future. It includes becoming carbon neutral and only using carbon offsetting as a last resort, sending no waste to landfill, Extending all sustainable resourcing. Helping improve the lives of people in their supply chain. And helping customers and employees live healthier lives. What I like best about their Plan A initiative is their tagline. Plan A, because there is no Plan B. It's a bold mission, and they put themselves firmly on the line by announcing it. It is widely believed that this initiative has put Marks & Spencer almost a year ahead of its competitors in the minds of the shopping public. Soon, marketers may be reworking their entire green marketing strategies. The Federal Trade Commission in the U.S., for example, is tabling an entirely new set of green guidelines, the first in over a decade. 
AdAge magazine reported that the guidelines could render most of the more than 300 environmental seals of approval on current products largely useless and possibly in violation of FTC standards. The guides are expected to tighten standards for claims such as recyclable and biodegradable and regulate how the use of squishy terms like carbon neutral and sustainability can be used. As a spokesman for the FTC said recently, the bar has been set pretty low. Welcome to the new world of green. At the very intersection of the green movement and commercial marketing, there is an elephant in the room. Essentially, the green world wants you to consume less and the marketing world wants you to consume more. One rejects consumerism, the other fuels it. The answer, of course, is for truly green products to become better than non-green products. If the offering is better and affordable, people will want it. And if people want it, that means companies can make the world a healthier place and be profitable. It's called a triple bottom line. Social results, environmental results, and financial results. I think for the first time in history, people want to align themselves with companies that make the world a better place. And they want to be loyal to companies that have noble goals. While green marketing is only the tip of that iceberg, it is vitally important because it's the tip that is most visible when you're under the influence. I'm Terry O'Reilly. This episode was recorded in the Terrestream Mobile Recording Studio. Producer, Debbie O'Reilly. Sound engineer, Jeff Devine. Under the Influence theme by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Music in this podcast provided by APM Music. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like Cause Marketing, Season 3, Episode 3. You'll find it in our archives wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time. Fun fact. The first item ever listed on eBay was purchased by a Canadian. Lightning Reflexes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.